0: Greetings, Princeps! Welcome to the 50th episode of the God Engine Cast, a podcast dedicated to discussing the Adeptus Titanicus war game produced by Games Workshop. In this week's show, I'm going to be discussing the new Loyalist book with my occasional co host, Lucas. First up, some show news. As I'm sure most of you are aware, in addition to being a podcast available through all good podcatching apps, my podcast or show is now being uploaded to YouTube and it's available on my YouTube channel. Very much like the early days of the podcast here, I am still getting used to YouTube and I've still got a lot of ways to go before I'm producing really slick content. I have ideas about what I wanna do with the podcast on YouTube, improving it, adding more visual components, but at the moment it's just the audio track overlaying with the podcast art. If you spot any audio issues with the system I'm using to get the audio onto YouTube, please let me know. I am trying to listen through to my own podcasts on YouTube, but I'm getting around to them a lot slower. I'm also working on remastering all podcasts to also get them uploaded to YouTube. I'm hoping by the end of the summer to have my entire back catalogue available on YouTube. In that regard, for those of people who've joined recently and haven't listened to my back catalogue, the first ever episode of the Guardian Cast has had a 2021 remaster where I've gone back in and re-recorded the intro and the conclusions, just tidying up previous audio issues that were present in the episode. And finally, as always, if you can rate and review my show on your podcasting app of choice, And please have a look at my Patreon and Ko-Fi account in the show notes. Now, moving on to the main topic of the show, my conversation with Lucas. So anyway, let's talk about the new Lawless book. (laughs) yeah absolutely we'll start at the top with the them clarifying how you put a battle group together was actually really refreshing the building a battle group in the core rule book is a bit of a convoluted mess and they've really cleaned it up and made it into the system that everyone was using it's really nice i was a little worried they were about to change everything up on us
1: yeah it's basically like in the core book it's like a lot of these terms were not defined Mm-hmm. Like, basically, what is a Titan battle group and what is, like, a Knight household battle group? That wasn't very well-defined. Yeah. And, like, what exactly each could take as support and all that stuff? Like, this is really nice to have all of that defined. And then it has the um, allegiance abilities reprinted. Yeah. I wish it had the original Princeps traits reprinted as well. Yeah.
0: Nice bit on the Warmaster, which I love. And I love these... These technical drawings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. I love, like, the, you know, the the weight and all that shit. Like, it's so cool.
0: I kind of wish they'd included one of these in every um, Titan in, in every box.
1: Or even like printed it on the back of the manual or something. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'd love to find a way so I could take them out and frame them and put them around my game room. Um, yeah. That'd be cool. Really good bit of wall art there, I think, if I could get them right. Yeah, and then you get to the maniples, and I really enjoyed how they did the maniples in this book, because I was a little worried it was going to be a lot of pages taken up.
1: Yeah, 203 pages of maniples.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the maniples in the previous books take a lot of text. Well, because of the picture of the maniples, which is
1: nice to see, but it takes a lot of space. Right, and like I said, I have that. If I want to go look at the picture of the maniples, I'll go look at the picture of the maniples. Like, I needed a reference guide. I didn't need, like, a you know, beautiful, like, book with all the art and stuff.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's seven pages of, sorry, six pages of manifolds, and it's real nice. And then you get into the Legios. The only new Legio
1: is Legio Metallica, right? Yeah,
0: well, before we do that, um, what's your opinions on the change on the, the Lupical manifold?
1: I quite like that change. Um, Maybe it's because I'm on the receiving end of it quite often, but... Uh, I think that's. I think it's a good change because I think that the pool is like still good, but now it's not like the obvious go-to choice. Like I said on the last episode, like the, in my opinion, that was the best pool in the game. Like it was not really because it was like so versatile and it gave you the bonuses as well. Like Exturgimus obviously gives you like better bonuses, but it's hard to use because of the heat and because the warlord. Like having all warlords is just not easy to fight uh, like somebody that can outmaneuver you
0: and I, I i was pretty positive with the change
1: yeah i I really like it.
0: I know Ordex players are now in an interesting place because now they've now got to work out
1: yeah, but they can't complain. they have their own maniple.
0: they do, they do, and I think it's there's an argument to take now you only take that maniple. um but the loophole's loop a bit weird for them now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... They are in kind of a little bit of a weird spot. But I get... Yeah, you just take their their unique Maniple and... Yeah. No, all in all, I was very happy with... Um, I was a little annoyed they didn't take
0: a moment to fix the Janissary. What's wrong with the Janissary? So, the Janissary is just kind of, in my book, useless. Oh, it's just terrible? Yes. You can only... You can only active, you can activate another... T- Banner near your Titan in the movement phase. So it's really good if you're running a offensive I'm gonna charge you list. But in no other circumstance you want to be doing multiple activations in the movement phase. It's that usual right activation dynamics. And if it had been movement or shooting phase, the mana pool would have a lot more use.
1: Yeah, because then you can like do the double you know, like you can like do the double activation so that you can finish off stuff before it gets to attack and You know, you can shoot some Titan and then hit him in melee. I guess, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, with it being in the movement phase, it just, I don't know. I I understand why you want to do it in the movement phase, because it allows for coordinated charging. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, that is pretty good, but, like, really, that makes the Warhounds almost useless in the mana pool, right? Because they're not good at charging stuff. Yeah, and it's wants you to take two warhounds. Yeah, you have minimum two warhounds. There's, I just think there's way better ways to take two reavers and three warhounds and then some knights.
0: Yeah, it's a very weird manipul, and I wish they just put in the. It would have been a lot better if they put at the movement or shooting phase. It would have made the manipul actually useful in
1: the game. I agree, but yeah, I, I did like the poles. Did they change anything but the lubrical?
0: Bloom's score was the only real change. It's the only one they put in the FAQ.
1: I haven't actually compared them, but I think that
0: yeah, I'm at this point relying on other people and Games Workshop in the FAQ. Uh, um, if I see a difference now, I'm going to presume that it was an unintentional mistake.
1: Okay, so and then I think we're ready to move on to maniples. E- uh, Legios. Legios, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, this is the only, the only new legio is the Legio Metallica, right? And then they got some changes
0: yeah i mean i just
1: wanted before i love the little boxes they put on every uh legio right like the title and the um you know their warden the domain
0: yeah well my favorite one actually is the patent which is how they're defining when they were founded yeah,
1: that's awesome like the ignatum one pre-imperial
0: yeah there's some really interesting ones hidden because i went through most of them are pre-imperial martian Then you get the odd ones that are not, like they're from a different Mechanicum force. Um, I expect we'll see a lot more of that in the Traitor book. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, the new one in this book is Metallica.
1: I kind of like them, but they seem pretty balanced. They're definitely... I like that um, the Bastion armor, like the fusion trait thing. That's actually pretty cool. I don't know how good it is, but it's good. It's cool.
0: Yeah, oh, it's overcosted for fifteen points, um, especially when you compare it to the other upgrades in this book, which we'll get to in a minute, I suppose. Um, but I'm happy they've they've got rules, and I'm looking forward to doing a deep dive in them. Meta- the Forgeable Metallica has become a key part of Mechanicum, Mechanicus, it's called Mechanicus Law. So I'm glad they finally got their Legion out in the sun. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I like that. The, my Legio was one of the Legios which uh, was graced with a change. Mm-hmm. Legio Crucius with the bifolded power containment change in cost. So now I think it is worth it to take it on some t- I wasn't taking it really before. I had taken it a couple times when I ran a triple Volcano Warbringer. Um, but that's just bad pretty much any way you slice it. So... yeah. I don't
0: know. I think it's now worth the cost, especially on the larger Titans.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like a Warmaster, dude. Oh, yeah. You're kind of a dummy if you don't take it on a Warmaster, if you have access to it. So yeah, the upgrades in the
0: Warmaster are really interesting because... They're so cheap,
1: relatively. Yeah.
0: It's that proportional benefit, and it's like almost like... It's
1: almost like you just give them all to them yeah almost hundred um, points or whatever
0: yeah i think for us i mean if we just skip straight over to the upgrades because i think that's really going to be the meat of the conversation because they are Ooh, the, yes
1: let's the go biggest the
0: biggest change to um
1: yeah because you already went over the um you already went over the stratagem changes and all that stuff yeah yeah and it
0: was that was all clean up i'm really glad happy about yeah
1: exactly um I'm, I'm really excited. Despite most of my personal strats being nerfed, I really like the concealment barrage. Uh and I use strafing run almost every game. Um I do think that it was a really good change. So we won't harp on it too much because I know you went over it already. But I really like that. Yeah,
0: I'm same here. I, I just can't I can't say anything I can't say anything bad about the changes they made. Um I think the sabotage stratagem had a lot done to it. I think it's still pretty good.
1: Yeah, I had used it a couple times. I had really just used it to, you know, remove an order. It, if I didn't want to get charged.
0: And I, I think it's still too good against the site item, and I think um box blackout's still good for the three points it costs.
1: Yeah. Uh maybe I haven't played against the site titan, so I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to quantify how good the stratagem actually is against the side Titan, because I've never... I've read it, but I've never played it.
0: The stratagem... Sabotage and Vox Blackout both have the same problem where you're stopping the opponent doing stuff. Yeah. When I say good, I mean... I I think they aren't... I don't think they're the greatest stratagem to play in a game that you want to have where both players are going to have absolute fun the whole time.
1: Right stopping just shutting your opponent down is not a super fun game mechanic
0: yeah 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 both of those stratagems i think are going to be ones that i have to look at restricting in events
1: i think since they're one use they're not too bad
0: yeah but it's one of those things it's like if, no but if you're at an event and you've got five games so that's a maximum of 25 turns so they're gonna they're gonna stop one of those 25 turns of actions on Effectively, your best Titan, if it's thrown on a, uh, you've got a small Titan, Titan list.
1: Yeah, but it's not about like the best Titan. It's just that whatever they need it to do at that time. Like I said, I play it on Reavers really often because they're going to charge me, and I don't like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the, the my issue with the Vox Blackout still is the not allowing first term stratagems if it's played before you get your cards down, and my issue with. No, and my and my issue with the sabotage stratagem is stopping the Psy and having active uh, psychic powers.
1: Yeah, because the psychite is so expensive, it really needs to do its thing every time.
0: Yeah. So you and if you're, because you take it away after the person's successfully cast it? They already have the risk of it not happening and taking the penalties if it fails. You're then ta- you're then taking it away from them.
1: You think maybe the Psy Titan should be like immune to sabotage and there should be another stratagem that like basically affects the psychic powers? Yes. Like that it's harder, you know, maybe not just takes them away completely, but like um like the new war gear, the no limiter it could be like a stratagem that's like kind of like that. I know the no is for the other way, it's for corrupted titans, but um, you know, there could be something that a trader only stratagem
0: absolutely and i think um uh, as we get into titans upgrade i think the big my big take home when i'm reading all these um pieces of war gear is we're seeing one half of the picture at the moment
1: right and we still haven't seen the corrupted titans so like we have all this stuff that affects them and then nothing like we have no frame of reference on what that even really does
0: but well actually we do well and this is. When they put the Psy Titan out, we just knew that it had some effect to Corrupted Titans. The Null Emitter makes it pretty clear that they know what a, a Corrupted Titan does.
1: Yes. The rules are basically finished on the Corrupted Titan. They have to be, for it to be this in-depth.
0: Yeah, which means, in my mind, they were writing this book with the Traitor book at the same time.
1: Yes and i think it's pretty clear that the corrupted titan is going to be in the traitor book
0: more than the corrupted titans when we look at the other when we look at stuff and go this feels imbalanced the question is the is the anything in this book taken by a loyalist shouldn't be fighting itself it should only be fighting the stuff in the traitor book that's how they balance the game right so we don't know what the opposite side has
1: precisely we run into this in 30k a lot where like people are always talking about how oh goleman is better than lehman russ or whatever that's just an example but it doesn't matter because goleman doesn't fight lehman russ no yeah so it's the same exact thing
0: yeah sabotage and sight items i'm like it's a potential problem but because it can be taken by traitor players but i'm like not sure what the traitors are getting as well <laughs> precisely
1: and i think that the the Traitor Legion's book might actually be a better value than the Loyalist one because there's actually going to be more new stuff from where I'm standing right now, you know, knowing almost nothing about it. Like, the Corrupted Titans are going to be in there. I know we've said that before. Well, they've got to be in the next book, but... Yeah.
0: Um, going back to the war gear, Um Yeah, yeah. You want to go over the Titan upgrades? I think or? we can skim through them. Yeah, well, I'm happy with all the Universal traits, and I... I particularly like the, um, obviously, the tracking gyroscopes. But I'm just going to make a big song and dance about the ranging all specs, because I know this probably makes me very unpopular. I think they're actually a really good addition for the game.
1: You think they're good?
0: It quantifies a price on what pre-measuring is, and it does it in a consistent way. Pre-measuring is a skill, or a skill component. You mean guessing? Guessing is a skill, yeah. Yeah. And I think that saying, it's in our mind, it's worth $15, 15 points per titan is is just a good way to factor it into the game.
1: So what what do you think benefits the most from having the Ranging auspice?
0: Uh To be honest, Warlord Titans.
1: Yeah, I think so too, because of the corridor arc. But let me ask you this. Maybe this makes me unpopular, but I feel like with this book, Effectively, what they've done is increase the Warlord Titan's cost by twenty-five points and make it not have quarter arc anymore. Because no one is not going to take the checking gyroscopes on their warlords; they're too good. I think the twenty-five. I can. Twenty-five is kind of a steep price. Like I'm not saying that it's too cheap or anything like that. Like, it's good.
0: I can see myself having the argument about whether I'm taking tracking gyroscopes
1: or um, ranging or specs. Bro, I'm taking the gyroscopes every time over the Auspexes. Maybe it's just because I don't run into problems often where, like, I go to measure up the range, and I'm out of range, and it's super critical. Like, don't get me wrong, it's happened, but in my experience, it just it hasn't been, like, so critical that I've been like, man, if I could pre-measure, it would have been better.
0: Well, ranging ospecs is also like, you decide what's in corridor or not.
1: Yes, yes, I, I yeah, that is good. But again, in my mind, I've effectively eliminated the corridor arc. Where, like none of my Titans are gonna have corridor arcs anymore, so I don't need to know what's in the corridor arc. Even for a cost, I think like I cannot understate how much I really like the tra- tracking gyroscopes.
0: And I suppose you're looking at a hundred points a four a four warlord Sturmagus anyway.
1: Yeah, that so that is the thing, too, right? You, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there because 100 points is not an insignificant amount. Mm-hmm. And the um, extergamus also has a problem with fitting into those smaller point values, so, like, spending 100 points is a real choice you have to make.
0: Yeah. I mean, it means you're not going to take any support in that list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... You can do three three Warlords and then... A, well, it depends on what points you're playing, obviously. Yeah,
0: 1750. I mean, that's three Warlords tracking gyroscopes on all of them. And then another Titan.
1: Uh, maybe not even that much. My Warlord's like 500. Oh, gosh. And then plus... That's plus the tracking gyroscopes. So I'm like there, basically. I don't really have a lot of room. I just, I'd rather... If I was going to play 1750 with Extergamus, I'd probably just kit the Warlords out more. And I know it's keep putting eggs in the same basket, but... Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you do that, I quite like the Bastion Shielding. Um, yeah. see the other universal. Um... It is only once per game, though. Yes. And I find that on the Warlord, it's less useful. I think the Bastion Shielding on the Warhound is really kind of the play yes because that first time you get hit with that like real bad hit you know that real big hit of weapon you know whatever how many dice you're gonna be like all right i'm using the shielding because one push can put you into the orange on warhound
0: yeah it's particularly useful anytime you're gonna form uh squadrons Mm -hmm. like i know squadroning has just taken a major hit the faq i actually kind of liked what they did with it but um yeah, it and to be honest, the Warhounds weren't the problem with shield sharing. It's still the other titans that get to do it. When you start running the Reikia or my Legio Vulcanum's tricks, where they get to squadron any titans they feel like. Um
1: And then there's like there's a couple other tricks, yeah. There's like that Legio trait, custom Legio trait where you can like squadron reavers.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting the Leech of volcanum to get pretty heavily hit when it comes to the traitor book, because at the moment I can do a twin machine spirit to a Warmaster for 20 points. So I could have a Warlord and a Warmaster in a squadron and then give them both Bastion Shielding, uh, walk them up the table very slowly. Um, yeah. Oh, and I could also make... Um, could make the uh, Warmaster a Princeps and give him Princeps traits.
1: Yeah, so that's something I feel like they missed on the clarifying the, um, in the build your battle group section is so that's my understanding is a Maniple gives you a Princeps in each Maniple you take gives you one. The Princeps has, it clarifies in that the Princeps has to be within the Maniple. So you can't war, you can't give the War Master a Princeps trait unless it's your special thing. Unless you're volcanum, which just allows you to pick someone in your battle group. Okay. I thought that am I am I wrong that's a change?
0: Uh, no, but it was really 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 unclear.
1: Okay. Cuz that's not how I understood it before cuz I had taken like a support warlord and given him the princeps before.
0: Yeah, cuz it's... um a legion battle group can have the multiple maniples. Each
1: maniple will have his own princeps signorus. Mm, that's still not as clear as I'd like, but I see why you would think it works that way. Yeah should say the princip seniors must be selected from within the titans in the maniple. Yeah, I get that. But I think that's how I'm going to play it from now on. Yeah, that was always my
0: in- my take of it when I went- when I was reading, especially when they clarified how the legion volcanum trait worked.
1: Well, and it makes sense. It's not like it's some, you know, stretch of logic that the princip of seniors of your maniple must be a titan from the
0: maniple. <laughs>
1: i'm not mad at it i'm just saying i didn't we did we hadn't been playing it like that but i think um so back to the upgrades so obviously the ranging aspects and the checking gyroscopes are like primo but and the bastion shielding is pretty good so those are all from the universal titan upgrades right so there's universal titan upgrades and then there's loyalist titan upgrades which uh, you know most likely will be followed up with a trader titan upgrades in the book. Do you think when they do the next book, um, the trader book, you think they're going to have more universal as well? I have a feeling
0: we're going to see more universal trites, yeah. So
1: even though I don't play any trader things, I'm probably gonna have to buy that book for $50.
0: It's Games Workshop's usual,
1: it's bro, it's like how they did it with those limited edition stratagem decks where. You had to buy both of them, even though I don't play Trader. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's I and I, yeah, and I suspect we'll see one or two of the ones from the um, custom legio.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably you're probably right because ranging aspects is our custom legio thing already, or no? Yes, they are. That's what I thought. Yeah, uh, so are the
0: um? know oh, they they, they change the banners from crusade banners.
1: The oath banner seems familiar, but I think it was some. I think it was a trait in the custom legion. No, no the the
0: custom legion have better banners. They have crusade. So the oath banner for five points allows you to reroll your shaken check. Oh,
1: the crusade banners allow let you to automatically pass.
0: Automatic cannot be shaken. Okay. Um, but it's fifteen points, so it's ten points more, but it's better.
1: Um. I like that. Like, it's similar, but better. You know, obviously, this is something that was in common use with the Titan Legios, but some Legios had kind of laid into it and, like, got better ones. I like that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I'm expecting to see the Armored Spikes appear in the Traitor Book.
1: Yep, that would make sense. Maybe the Vox Screech. Well, so they haven't actually... So, is the Vox Screech... Uh, custom legio, or it's a actual legio? No, it's
0: it's custom legio. Uh, Thirty points. For the custom legios um, just disregards any enemy orders within six inches. I could see it being like a fifty point universal upgrade or something stupid. Um,
1: yeah, because that seems to be kind of the the format they're taking, right? Is they're um, they're like using Leg- custom legio upgrades, but then increasing the points cost. Yeah,
0: or as with the oath banner, they are
1: or making it worse
0: worse yeah so we could see a vox screech variant that doesn't automatically do it but does it on a dice roll and lowers the point cost of it
1: yeah or like the enemy titan must make a command check and if they fail the command check then they're
0: they lose their order or something something along those lines yeah yeah um i can just see a few things and i, I whether we see another five um universal traits but I definitely think we're going to see at least one I or think two. five
1: is a good number it's not like too many to come up with but then it's also not like nothing
0: yeah and they've also got the equipment they had in the um, Shadow and Iron campaign book as well those upgrades were really nice as well yeah and getting those into actual standard match play would be really good yeah now, so then the Loyalist Titan upgrades um, these are really fun um, and I'm very glad that they are loyalist only because as I said earlier, it means there's a chance there's going to be a solution on the other
1: side of the table. Right. Right. I hope that the solution isn't just, Oh, you can make any Titan corrupted.
0: Yeah. I hope that's not the solution. Uh, I fear it may be, but I hope it's not the solution. I hope there's an actual, cause I think we'll start with the elephant in the room, which is the vortex payload. Um, it's cool. It really is. Um, I'm so glad it's in the game. Um I was going to ask
1: you what you thought about it cuz like it's kind of the one I'm like n- I'm eyeing I wish more stuff could take warp missiles. Like I wish you could have like a warlord with a warp missile. Yeah. Oh, what if you could have a warbringer with like a rack of them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I like the idea of it. Oh, I bet it's terrible, but it seems really cool. <laughs> So, I've heard a lot of complaints about it, so I'm just going to sort of run through my... Comp- by the, the First of all, these people think it's too cheap, because the warp effect is really, really dangerous.
1: Okay, so could you go over what Vortex actually does?
0: Okay, so it puts a template on the table when you hit. That template will hit anything in... If you're touching that template, you take D6 Strength 10 hits, which ignores which ignores void shields. The template doesn't go away, and every at the end of every end phase, the template has... Can move around and cause additional damage. Okay, that's what I thought. And if you walk into the template, you take more damage.
1: Okay, so precisely when you shoot the weapon, if you roll a hit, the template just goes where you put it, right? Like like a like a blast weapon. Mm-hmm. And then you do the damage right then, right? Okay, and then in the end phase of that turn, it moves again and do does more damage. Yeah. So in the first turn it basically does damage twice in the in the round, you know, in the whole turn. There's a chance it will disappear
0: and like if you roll a oh, okay. sort a hit, it yeah, there's a chance it fades away, but yeah, no, it in all likelihood it's gonna at least do two turns.
1: It also gives up that reverse slot.
0: This is the thing, it's like so swingy though, because it's one shot. You have to be able to make the shot, you have to be able to roll a decent number on that number of hits on that.
1: Right, what well, if you roll the one hit, one strength ten hit? Yeah. Kinda, and it's not terrible, but like you could have just hit him with this. Like, there's a couple stratagems that do strength ten hits, right? Or not anymore. You could also
0: roll like a one strength ten hit and then roll a one on the uh, um. Oh yeah. And just superficial damage, and I'm like, oh, you need done thirty points to do no damage to my titan.
1: Right, and spent the slot on the war- on the carapace.
0: And then it moves and disappears, and you're like, oh, that was a waste. And, like, you know the enemy is going to be taking the Vortex Payload before you pick your stratagems, so you start taking the stuff to stop them shooting it. Yeah. There are plenty of stratagems out there that will hinder that warp missile's accuracy. Um,
1: yeah, like a blind barrage or something. And blind,
0: Yeah, so you, like, yeah, you can really hamper that Reaver's day until it fires the Payload, and then you've got the time while it hasn't fired the payload to make targeted attacks to blow up the payload in the first place. It can be repaired, though. It can be, yes, but that slows the... But I
1: get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying.
0: My problem with it actually becomes, what happens when you find the player taking five?
1: Why'd you have to put that idea in my head?
0: I know, well, it's out there. Um, I kind of love it, but... I do as well. Like, I mean, I had, I had a discussion on Facebook um, about <laughs> this particular problem. And my solution was, if you see someone rocking up with five warp missiles, ask them why, and then enjoy the fact the game's going to be over pretty quickly. Um, and then you play a game with a different list. <laughs> is, it,
1: is it really that much of a feel-badsy? Because, like, you're going to look at that and you're going to laugh at it. Yeah, well, I, said, I think it, it's, if, if that's the game you want to play,
0: yeah. I'm, all about, I'm all about it. It is lacking a lot of narrative context. Because I think the question you have to ask is what is the traitor battle force bringing that's gonna justify them bringing five of these ultra r- rare weapons the emperor didn't want used
1: yeah that's true like if the if the other battle group is like oh it's odd Axe in their little warhounds you're gonna be like really dog yeah that, that's
0: a good point it's like I've just brought my Questorus nighthouse um yeah this is. So what I wish they'd included, and I think the thing that would have made Warp Missiles like a complete and utter non, non-starter in argument, is to pull off the same trick they use with the Null Emitter and say these could only be carried by uh, Princeps Seniores' titans.
1: Hmm, I didn't notice that. Here's, I see that.
0: Yeah, that's on the Null Emitter. Only Loyalist Princeps Seniores titans can be upgraded with them.
1: 25 points, Corrupted Titans, within 6 inches, uh, Subtract 1. Yeah, the Null is pretty cool, but yeah, the actual... We have no idea how good it is because we have no idea what a corrupted Titan's what does it say like minor mutation or Nation, something?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one we're gonna have to go back and look at once we get the corrupted Titan rules. But the but this that opening line of just only allowing a ton of Prince Seiorus's Titan is something I wish they would also kept with the Vortex payload.
1: Yeah, then you could have Max. I guess max three if you're playing some gigantic game. Or there is no technical maximum, but like, nobody's playing with more than two or three mana pulls.
0: Yeah, and it's like, it would mean that you had that one shot of utter annoyance, and having one template wander around the table is going to be hilarious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it can easily move from hilarious and fun to like, oh my god, this is annoying.
0: Yeah, because you put five of them in the middle of an enemy battle group on the first turn, it's like, you're done. No way, all five are going to disappear. In all likelihood, they're all going to move around. So you, by the end of turn one, you're going to be having most of your Titans taken two d six strength ten hits, ignoring voids. Um,
1: something you got to do once. Something every loyalist should do one time. I also love how like a vortex missile is loyalist only. Like the traders lost all their vortex missiles, or what? Well, the emperor took them all away. Emperor Ralfa is treaty with Mars when it was. Commandments was the sealing of the technologies deemed too perverse or unstable for use. Many forge world ignore such decree during the Horse Heresy, retrieving esoteric weapons were walls sealed long ago. I, but, but like, this is where we get to What's the traitor's getting. Yeah. Probably some kind of warp. Like, you know, some corrupted missile or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. Like, what, what is
0: their opposite version of this uh, Vortex payload? What payload are they getting on their uh, Vortex missiles?
1: Ooh. So, uh... Do you have any other of these Titan upgrades that you really like?
0: I like the combination of the Spark of Vengeance and the Aquila
1: Benedictus. Oh yeah, because if you put both of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you go
0: one, you go for the other. At least in a small group. Um, The Aquila Benedictus is just really fun. Um, uh, If I build my Warmaster Titan as a Loyalist Titan, I cannot for the life of me think of why I don't build it with the Aquila on it. Yeah. Because it means my war master can't suffer penalties to his command check, which is going to be really useful. Because I'm sure people will be targeting it all the in time with that sort of stuff. Yep. And like, and then if it's eventually destroyed, then you know everyone else in my battle group gets to shoot, which is
1: yeah, yeah. Wrathful is the one where you just make an attack. I really like the plasmatic binders. Well, I was about to point that one out to you because it is the uh, cru- cru- Crucius. Um. Yep. It very much kind of fits their theme. I think it's it's no, from the Forge World Riser
0: as well. I mean, that's in the fluff yeah, box. At the yeah, top. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's a no-brainer on a War Master. I think it is, but for twenty-five points, I definitely think it's a something you probably want to do on a Warlord and a War Master. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. Twenty-five points is like two is like steep enough where you have to think about it on like a Warlord. So I like, I really like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no point putting it on a Reaver or uh Warhound. Uh, even my dual Volcano Cannon war- uh, Reaver doesn't need the 25 points to drain heat.
1: Yeah, I think it might be too expensive for the Reaver.
0: you're running Extermagus, so I think it's auto-take.
1: Yeah, but now we're at 200 points in mandatory upgrades. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. I, I I get why you say that, but... So maybe that maybe that's the balancing factor of the tracking gyroscopes is the other war gear is like yeah you can't spend too much points too many points on the war gear so you got to like think do I really want the tracking gyroscopes or is the once per game like cool me down way better so you think about that like, crucius Extergimus where like you do like the plasmatic binders on like basically everybody and then you do the stratagem where like for the one turn you get like better repairs yeah and then you have the 6's cool double heat so like you really cool them all off if you've ran them all hot
0: i think um the guys on the full stride podcast talked about um the balance of the tracking gyroscopes is that going back to them for a second the trick with the tracking gyroscopes is you want them on your titans that activate first.
1: Yeah. So maybe like having them on two and then having two without or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause... If you're
0: running, a, if you're going to run four, you do half and half. And then the last two can be your titans with the weapons that are more likely to generate the extra heat.
1: Well, it's actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like if you have like a long range um warlords you know that kind of sit in the back like with the missiles and then maybe like bellicose a quake and then you have like kind of your brawler warlords that have like the double you know i like to do double sun fury or sun fury gatling and then the roof gatlings those ones in the front the like brawlers are gonna need the tracking gyroscopes more because the enemy titans have to move less to move out of the arc whereas if they're further away you have to move further to get out of the arc so if
0: we're talking uh Gatling blasters on the um, Warlord and Macro Gatling blasters.
1: An honorable mention has to be made for the
0: Hunter shells, I think, either.
1: So that's what I was going to say was, like, there really isn't a miss on these wargear. Like, the wargear are all... At the moment, the miss is the null emitter, but that's only because we've got no clue what it is. Right. Yeah, I didn't consider that. But all the wargear is, like, really good, or really cool, at least. Some of it's, like, kind of usefulness is um, maybe... You know, like, the, the Oath banner is, like, I don't really think that's very useful, but I don't run very many knights, but it's only five points. The Universal Titan Wargate
0: can be taken by any Titan. Right. Again, the um, Full Stride guys. So if you're running a knight household, taking mm. support Titans with Oath banners is really fun.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I
0: don't know, I think, the, I think there's a really good place for them um, in the right list you got to be running a lot of knights. Um,
1: yeah, and like I said, five points, like like I said, I don't really think they're super useful for what I play, but for five points, I can't say that they're not any good just because they're so cheap. I like the Hunter shells, but
0: I also think they're a little overpriced for what they are.
1: Yeah, they're expensive. Five times of points, five points per dice value.
0: Yeah, so th- both the weapons that can take them are both 30 points. Actually, and that's a as the Warlord could take them on there, Uh, Car-based weapons and be at sixty. Oh, for like
1: a billion points, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which makes the that probably makes the biggest miss because the hundred shells are just a little too awkward to put in.
1: Yeah, they're they're really expensive. I like them, but they're not bad. I don't think. Like, it has to be ordnance. Yeah, so it has to be. There's
0: only the like I said. There's only the three weapons in the game with them. I mean, if they come up with some sort of ordnance weapon for the Warhound, which I'm not. Wouldn't be surprised if they did something eventually. I think you know you could start arguing that it would fit well on a warhound. You get it for twenty points.
1: It'd be interesting to do an ordinance for the warhound, like
0: four barrel,
1: just like a tiny Gatling. Ooh, like a little three barrel, Johnny. A three barrel, yeah, cool. three
0: barrel, yeah, three dice. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Going back to the conversation we had about um, weapon choices on the warhound last episode, I think it'd go a long way to give the, the a variety of builds for the warhound just to give them all the weapon options.
1: Or maybe like a one shot ordnance gun, mm-hmm, that's like you know like a bigger cannon, yeah that's like strength eight or nine or something
0: I uh, just really uh there is the other weapon that could hate them as well is the um the um, that missile launcher on the uh warmaster the the elevator.
1: I don't know if that was that might be an oversight. they seem like they're supposed to be for gatlings, yeah. But that actually might not be a bad place to put it because of the low dice value, right? It's only four yeah. dice? Yeah, that's not too bad. I th- Like I said, I think that might be an oversight because it seems like it's supposed to be for, like, a gun, but I'm not mad at it. Whatever. Actually, his dice is three, so it'd be, fi- so it'd be 15 points. Oh, it's three dice?
0: Mm-hmm. Carface, concussive, limited for ordinary, plus one to hit at long range. That's it. Over 24. I only have that actually has a place because you could spend fifteen points on it and then get that the enemy shields drops, and then you can basically guarantee that you're going to be able to land three strength eight hits to a location.
1: Yeah, fifteen. It's the same problem with the you know with the Gatlings is like once per game. It's kind of steep for once per game.
0: Yeah, but I think with the uh, miss that relevant missile launch, you're only going to be getting into that position once per game anyway, because you've only got the four shots with it anyway. I think that's yeah, that's a good point. And especially if you end up doing something like a split fire order on the Titan. So it's only going to fire off that one weapon at that one Titan anyway. So I think it's a.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get a ton of like good, you know, hits with the Revelator, right? You're not going to get like a ton of turns where that's like really clutch. Yeah. So I think having a one use upgrade on it's not too bad.
0: Yeah. Like I say, you could be in that position where you could then split fire it, give it the one use, yeah, and then you could go off and shoot that person. You just knock around because even with it being concussive, like it's just gonna—you're gonna the gonna hit, and you're gonna make sure you're gonna hit with your weapon it counts or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I pretty much like all the upgrades. I can't really say. Like I said, there's a couple that I'm not sure about the usefulness on, but there's none of them that I'm like, oh yeah, that's trash. Never taking it. So I think that the upgrades are probably my favorite part about the book. I think so as well. It's not really fair to say though because like a lot of the other stuff was in the FAQ, so like you didn't really need the book to get the updates to the Looperkell mm. and stuff like that. So yeah, well, it's a weird,
0: it's a very weird book, which I think sort of my take home on the whole thing. Uh, I sat here for two weeks after it was announced it was coming out, and two weeks after I first read the previews of it on Goonham, I can't wait to get hold of the book. And when the FAQ arrived, I already did my review of the FAQ, so I didn't open it for like two days. I mean, I yeah. took it off its took it off its wrapping, flick, flick, flick through it, so I got a nasty paper cut. Um,
1: but other than that, I just sat down and I didn't look at it again. Um. It's more of a reference guide than like a ton of new content. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the t- there's a ton of new content
0: cause, I mean, there's so much, so much like background in the book. Yeah.
1: I haven't even looked at any of that. I, I mean, to. Every,
0: every Legio has been given at least a page write up.
1: Yeah. More than they had. Yeah. And some of the Legio write ups
0: are still awfully short. Uh, I was flicking through it and going, like, oh, I think it was Deathbolts 2 had a really short write up. Um, but um, some of the other, like more renowned legios, have got a really solid write up to them, almost black book level.
1: Yeah. So I think it is useful. Like basically, buy this book if you're tired of carrying around your other ten books. One, you play one of the legios in the book. Two. Or you're interested in the, you know, in the background for the legios in the book. Yeah, I mean it's if you're
0: just getting into t- Titanicus and you're going to play a loyalist leader. Yeah, oh,
1: this yeah. book you need.
0: You need this book. You need the rule book,
1: and that's it. And that's almost it, unless you want some of the stuff from the other books, like you know the the campaign rules or something like that. Like, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's like, quote unquote, required. Like this one yeah. almost is. Yeah, I mean, I think.
0: If you're just getting into the game, it's better to go out and hunt eBay to get the Open War card deck than just play the
1: campaign campaign stuff. I would agree, because the Open War deck is legit.
0: So that brings us to the end of the show. I want to thank Lucas again for joining me today to discuss the new Loyalist book. I think we're in agreement that the new Loyalist book is a really solid addition to the game and it's made some really fantastic changes and brought some fantastic upgrade options for your Titans. I feel like we spent most of the time discussing those upgrade choices but really that's where the bulk of the new content in this book is and that's not a bad thing. The consolidation of material was much needed for the game and it's made a one-stop shop for new players which is something we really needed. I'm eagerly awaiting the release of the Traitor Legion's book and I think it's going to bring some really fun options and hopefully some responses to some of the bigger concerns we have with the Loyalist book but I think that is the end of this show next show we're going to discuss the Legio Solaria I'm going to do a deep dive and look really deeply at the lore presented within the new Loyalist book and compare it with the previous material published by Games Workshop so until then I wish you all a very good week and I will speak to you next time. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the God Engine Cast, a podcast dedicated to discussing the Adeptus Titanicus game produced by Games Workshop. This show was written, recorded, and edited by Martin Emery. This podcast is completely unofficial and no way endorsed by Games Workshop Limited. No challenge to any trademarks or copyrights are intended. All rights are reserved by their respective owners. If you have questions for the show, please email me at god.engine.cast at gmail.com or reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, where I am the God Engine cast. Until next time, I wish you all well and good fortune.